Hey, everybody. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Thursday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky getting ready for a really big game Thursday night. Lakers versus Clippers might be a first-round preview, might be a Western Conference Finals preview. It might be a preview of absolutely nothing because both of these teams are dealing with a lot of stuff. It could be a preview of what the Lakers will, uh, a team the Lakers will watch while they're not in the playoffs if they they don't make sure to avoid the play-in game. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Do want to remind you that uh, if you download the app, you can join us on Friday at noon this week. That's tomorrow at noon Pacific on the Locker Room app. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. T- today's show, we're going to talk about the state of the Clippers. Um, what a uh, we're going to do that in our first segment. We'll we'll talk a little bit about Paul George because you can't talk about the Clippers without talking about Paul George, and what a potential Lakers Clippers playoff matchup will look like. That'll probably come up in our third segment. And uh, to do all that, we're going to bring in Law Murray, one of the great young basketball writers out there, covers the Clippers for the Athletic, just does fantastic work over there. Uh, and we're really excited to have him on the show. Law, how are you doing, man? Good to good to see you. It's good to see you guys, uh, Cam Bros. I love you guys, man. Um, my favorite cams besides uh, Campus Shy. Lakers Twitter knows Campus Shy as you should anyway. We, yeah. Oh yeah. He's, oh, he's yeah. worth your time as well. I mean, and not no, to the same degree as us, but he's no, he's definitely worth not. Your time. <laughs> but I mean, Cam goes back. Like Cam was Cam was around when we were where we were kind of doing our stuff at the very beginning when it was like you know truly the Wild West. So it's great to hear his name. Um, so I mentioned it at the top. Like Lakers fans are kind of freaking out. Uh, Law, you know, LeBron is hurt again, and you know, Schroeder is in the protocols, and guys have been in and out of the lineup. And to say that the Lakers don't look great right now is an understatement. Um, but the Clippers have their own problems. What is the, what is sort of the state of the Clippers right now? Really, the Clippers are more worried about process than results right now uh, because they were they they had such a unfortunate week in terms of wins and losses, uh, losing in New Orleans, losing in Phoenix, losing to the Nuggets to cement that particular season series. They can't really move up to one or two. Uh, one, that door is shut. Two you would need a complete collapse by a, a Suns team that is playing some of the best, basically the best basketball in the league. They have the best record right now. Uh, and so they, they're they at three right now because they have a slightly better record than the Nuggets despite Saturday night. Uh, they've clinched their playoff spot thanks to the Lakers. Uh, it took all week, but the Lakers had to enter the playoff clinching scenario for the Clippers to finally get their spot. And really, they – they're just focused on good vibes, keeping the family close, keeping getting the team together, and just getting everybody healthy. They have accomplished almost all of that. Serge Ibaka is not back, and that's the thing that I'm most concerned about with this team. But other than that, they can they they can basically finish this season um, and just worry about getting their rotation together and getting themselves ready for the playoffs instead of worrying about seeding. I feel like that list, by the way, is like the same list for all of us. You know, getting healthy, being with family, having some good vibes. Like we're all the Clippers. We learned a lot this past year, didn't we? Yeah. Basically, what you're saying is the Clippers are trying to reach the point where they feel comfortable taking their mask off indoors with people who've been vaccinated. (laughs) Like the basketball equivalent of that, essentially. Um, You 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 mentioned – 
Speaking of speaking of general health, but also specific, uh, you mentioned Serge Ibaka and not knowing exactly where he's at. Um, what do we know about him in terms of this back issue that in the, in the most recent piece uh, you wrote about um, assessing the state of the Clippers for the athletic, you, you mentioned that at this point it feels like it's about more than just his back. And so what's sort of just the the state of health with the Clippers in general, because they just got Patrick Beverly back. Kawhi Leonard isn't far removed from a foot uh, injury. Paul George uh, is often banged up. Where does everything sort of stand right now? Right now, things are reasonably good because of those returns. I mean, when April started and Paul George was missing layups and you just were – you knew he had a couple games off because of the bone edema issue in his toe – you were like, oh, my God, this is going to be an issue for the entire season going into the playoffs now. Uh, and then he basically he, he won a player of the week award with that 20 day stretch where the Clippers didn't have any consecutive days off. That's when Paul played his best. Paul really locked in and he arguably played better during that stretch than he did pre all-star break when he obviously got to be an all-star this year. So. I would say Paul George is in a good place physically right now and a better place mentally because it's not him thinking about the toe issue. He's playing through it and for mm -hmm. the most part has played and excelled. I thought last Tuesday, I thought Tuesday night against the Raptors where he had come into the game on a multi-game shooting slump and he just shows you even when he's not scoring at a high rate or not getting certain shots to fall, or in the Raptors' case, they weren't even letting him. He got one three-point shot up in that first half of that game. Look at how he closed the game. He blocked shots on the perimeter. He got to the free-throw line. He made a clutch three. He sprinted back in transition to draw a charge against Pascal Siakam that cost Nick Nurse a challenge timeout. He's been doing that kind of thing no matter who's been on the floor, with Kawhi, without Kawhi. Kawhi... He's back and he's easing into it. And he's a really good ease-in player because he takes care of the ball for the most part. He makes the right decisions. If Kawhi wasn't a superstar, we'd talk, talk, talk about how he's such a high-floor player. So the fact that the team was so conservative in making sure he's right and he is trusting in that, that is a great sign, both for him physically as well as for the whatever tea leaves you want to read between the trust between he and the Clippers as he enters what could be a a free agency summer. Uh, Patrick Beverly coming back, he was very blunt after the game about how he's going to play, even though he's had three separate multi-week instances where he's missed time. He's going hard. And so that's all you can ask for is a player to play and not think mm -hmm. about getting hurt. And that's what we're talking about here, Andy and Brian. So there's one piece left in that surge. And you know what? The team is just going to have to, you know, they are being patient with him, but the Serge Ibaka that you get whenever he comes back, whether it's next week, I'm not banking on being this week, whether it's next week for that final week on the road for the regular season or to begin the playoffs or sometime in the middle of the playoffs, you're not getting the Serge who started most of, well, pretty much every game before the All-Star break. That Serge ain't coming back. He at least looks good, though, on the sideline, though. That, that he guy. He looks fantastic. Oh, oh my God. Real. It's it's art, man. That's what he's been very clear. It's art. He doesn't dress. He doesn't dress. No, no. I mean, you he you does saw art. that last year with the the seventy three foot long scarf. I'm like, that doesn't just happen. Like you, that is a man who does things with intention, and I am here for all of it. 
Um, you, 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 we're gonna we'll we'll get a little more into into Paul George, just because. Good God, is he fascinating um, on so many levels? But you know, the Lakers are not whole, I and mean, they're not going to look like the Lakers on Thursday night when when they meet the. Not going to look like what the Lakers ought to, or hopefully will look like in the playoffs without Schroeder and without LeBron. Um, the game isn't going to matter for you know Lakers versus Clippers seeding. Clippers are seven and a half games, I think, ahead of the Lakers right now. Six and a half games, something like that. Are the should Laker fans look at this and be like, okay, but this is basically the Clippers team? Like in evaluating what the Clippers are, can they look at Thursday's game and say, this is kind of what they're what they are and what they're going to be, or at least personnel wise, if nothing else? Personnel wise, I mean, you can look at the Clippers like that, maybe, but you have to also understand that, uh, as I was explaining earlier about the Clippers just not really caring about seeding or wins and losses at this point. Uh, the Clippers are not exactly throwing uh, the phone book at the Lakers Thursday night, like mm-hmm. for two reasons. Number one, they've already beaten both iterations of the Lakers this season. You know, they beat the LeBron AD Lakers. They beat the LeBron AD and Andre Drummond less Lakers, even though that same Lakers team celebrated a win against the Nets in Brooklyn just a week after that. So the Clippers aren't tripping about, you know, what they're going to look like in a in a uh, one on one game setting against the Lakers right now. Um, So this is probably a bigger game for the Lakers just because they want to show that they can beat any version of the Clippers. That's been a big struggle for them Um, this season. It was not it was a it was sort of a struggle last year. Uh, it's been a struggle for most of this decade, to be frank. So this game for the Clippers, it really truly is just kind of another game, uh, a part of their process in terms of building good habits. For the Lakers, I mean, yeah, they're depleted right now. So it would be a huge boost. You saw what they did Monday night against the Nuggets. They won that game, and you had AD acting like, you know, they were back. <laughs> they, You know, so imagine if they win back-to-back games for the first time in more than a month. Like, yeah, that's going to lift the Lakers' spirits up. That's really all the Clippers are in for. Like, the Clippers just want to win a game. The Lakers have bigger, bigger things to accomplish. Speaking of them, at least attempting to accomplish big things, I mean, the the Lakers are going to try to create and then exploit whatever advantages they could possibly have while shorthanded. And as much as the uh, Anthony Davis, Andre Drummond pairing has been clumsy at times, you know, Frank Vogel says after every single game that they're still trying to figure this thing out. It's nonetheless a lot of size. And the Clippers are not a particularly big team. How do you picture them going about just trying to deal with that degree of size with that degree of skill set? You know, let's quibble with that, Andy. Because uh, when you talk about size in the modern NBA, you know, the Clippers have huge wings. Paul George, I mean, did you see the lineup the Raptors started Tuesday night? They started Utah Watanabe. You know, a nominal power for at shooting guard because they were preparing to go up against Kawhi and PG. Those guys are big wings. The yeah. Clippers don't need to have the no, but but, but Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond are big bigs. Like yes, they're not they big are. wings, they're big bigs. Right. They are big bigs. And and the, here's the thing: as big as Andre is, Andre is not a productive big in the paint. You know, um, if he mm-hmm. was, he'd probably still be in Cleveland or Detroit right now. Let's just keep it a bean. And so 
as big as Andre is, the Clippers would be like, yeah, look, please keep that dude on the floor. You know, Avitsa Zubats is starting now and he's been starting almost every, he started pretty much every game since Serge went out. And that means that they have all the size that they need. And then at power forward, Marcus Morris might not be tall, but guys don't really push Marcus Morris around. Uh, if okay. anything, Marcus Morris does a bit too much of the pushing around, as we saw in game mm -hmm. five of the semifinals against the Nuggets with Paul Millsap. That changed the whole damn series. So uh, when it comes to that kind of size, it's like a AD and Drummond together, uh, you've mentioned it hasn't been a great pairing uh, between those two guys. And, and the reality is like, the Clippers have done a pretty good job with the size battles, like big teams. I mean, it's about physicality. It's about mindset. It's about production. And if the Clippers bring the aggression, then they're going to be fine. They're not going to get getting pushed around by the kind of size that even AD and Drummond present. By the way, if you, if you notice uh, tomorrow that you just picked up like 2000 followers on Twitter, um, it's probably from Lakers fans identifying with what you said about Andre Drummond there. So, uh, you know, kudos <laughs> that to that. Um, so, all right, let, let's 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 uh, take a quick break. When we come back, um, I want to let's talk about Paul George because you mentioned the headspace that he's in, and I don't think there are a lot of players around the league that are more fascinating to everyone, uh, particularly though locally for a variety of reasons than than Paul George. So we'll do that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Headspace. Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that helps you sleep, focus, act, be better? There is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is the daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. You're overwhelmed. Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Trouble falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace has even morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel better. Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash locked on NBA. That's headspace.com slash locked on NBA for a free one month trial with access to Headspace full library of meditations for every situation. It's the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash locked on NBA today. So earlier, Law, you were talking about George. He is, I try to acquire him on my fantasy team. He's played quite well. Um, Nobody cares, Brian. I care. I care. We're like a week away from winning the money. My children need to go to college. Um, you survived late scratch season? Oh, my God. It's killing me. Oh, don't, don't get me. No, truly don't get me started. It's a rabbit hole that we can't go down because Andy hates it. Um, also, it, so does everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... Um, you're going to lose all 2000 of the people. Right. It does. Does our friend Mike Trudell count for 10,000 listeners? Because if so, we can keep going. If not, we should, we should move on. Uh, he, what do you think he's nothing about what he does now matters. The playoffs matter. And he knows that, right? So 
how do you think all of the the good feelings now, the good play now, what does that translate into, do you think, when this year's playoffs roll around? Well, here's the thing. Last year, Paul was not good in the playoffs. That playoffs last year in 2020 came after the season was suspended for four months. The year before, mm -hmm. Paul George was not good in the playoffs. Everyone remember how Dame dotted him for the game winner, the series ender, the comeback in game five, mm -hmm. etc. Paul George had massive ice packs on his shoulders for months leading into that playoffs. We first saw those ice packs in late February. That series ended, what, late April, early May? Okay, it turned out Paul needed major surgery on both of those shoulders that delayed the, his debut with the Clippers the following season. It maybe that matters, you know. You know, I'm, I'm saying <laughs> maybe, maybe you know, Paul has won more playoff games after the after the conference semifinals than Dame has, and that's not a slight to Dame. Dame is amazing, and Dame has earned every bit of credit that he has. Like Dame. Dame is Teflon for a lot of people, but if we keep it in a bean, let's not act like Paul's never accomplished anything. Like Paul George is a great mm -hmm. player who's overcome some significant challenges physically, and now he's got to overcome something more than physical because we're talking about his mental aptitude to perform the way he's playing now in a month from now. So really the best thing that for Paul is that he's in a rhythm, he's playing, he's had to deal with a lot as far as is Kawhi playing, is Kawhi not playing, you know, uh, and he's had to keep it going. And that's all you can really ask for. You know, a lot of people are waiting for failure with PG and all PG's doing is everything. He's getting to the line. He's rebounding yep. at a high rate. He's playmaking. They, Ty Lu said, Paul, you have the ball. You make the plays. You play in the pick and roll. You find the shooters. And then he still has to search for his shots. And then he still has to defend on the perimeter. And it's it's been it's been good for him. It's a part of a process. Ty has been a really good advocate for Paul George. His team, the leadership, the other stars. Kawhi has been supporting Paul. The guys who don't play support Paul. DeMarcus comes in off of a 10-day contract and is like, stop the Paul George slander. That stuff matters, especially when you consider all the chatter that went on about what was going on in the bubble in the Clippers' own locker room. So when you consider all that, that's going to be what Paul George needs to maintain going into the playoffs. Okay, Law, I'm glad that you mentioned the Paul George slander because you have a, you have a recent piece um, at, at The Athletic where you were breaking down basically the differences between last season's Clippers heading into the playoffs versus this season's uh, heading into the playoffs. And you had little blurbs breaking down each player's uh, situation um, before the playoffs began. And for Paul George you just had, quote, assorted slander <laughs> as a situation. <laughs> and you, you talked about all these different guys on the team taking up for him. What is it that you think it is about Paul George that attracts that type of reaction? Because it, it's hard to find a comp for a player of his stature and talent and also relative, relatively, he's, he's had some foot-and-mouth occasions but by and large, he's not somebody who's particularly outspoken or, you know, has a poke right. the bear personality. Yeah. What is it about him that you think just attracts that type of reaction? It's partly like what you said. I think we criticize a lot of players for giving cookie cutter quotes for being born, for not being open and transparent. 
And Paul is the type to say some things, and then his bow tie kind of spins after that. Um, <laughs> you know, if you've ever played Donkey Kong Country 3 uh, with the Bears, that's where I got that from. Uh, so <laughs> there is a little bit of that. But the thing is this. How many Lakers photoshops of Paul George were there when he was in a contract year with Oklahoma mm -hmm. City Thunder? How much of this would be different if Paul George played for the Lakers at some point? When Paul George put Chris Anderson through the basket in the Eastern Conference Finals while wearing Kobe Bryant's number 24, how many people were like, oh, man, instead of, you know, we, we're not going to ever get Kobe versus LeBron in the finals. But this is pretty damn cool to see what PG's doing to LeBron, pushing that Miami Heat team to the brink. Paul George didn't exactly come into the league with a rep. People didn't know who Paul George was coming out of Fresno State. So he grows this rep and people get excited about him. He has this major injury. He comes back. Then he gets traded and people are like, oh, what's the deal? The Lakers could have traded him. Traded, traded for him while he was with the Pacers, and that didn't happen. Then he could have, you know, he could have signed with the Lakers in free agency when, when LeBron got here. LeBron would have wanted that. He wanted to come here with somebody. That didn't happen. He re-signed in OKC. Then when things went down the way they did in OKC and people were like, man, we, we're all Paul George. He's with the Thunder now. Then they see him come to L.A. for the and be with the Clippers and be with Kawhi. Yeah, people are upset because they thought that Paul George's career path was going to take a certain trajectory, and it didn't. Mm -hmm. And people don't like their trains being late. So but, but, let, me, you know, let me stop you there real quick, though, just because like I, I think that I get what you're saying, and I think that's all true. And I totally yeah. understand to Andy's question, like why Lakers fans, why L.A., like, a, you know, which is you know giant basically you're talking about Lakers fans talking about LA right. he has it in for, for PG. Cause he, he snubbed the Lakers twice. It wasn't just yep. once it was twice. Um, but that, that to me doesn't explain the national story If anything. You'd be almost the opposite where you'd see more people on NBA Twitter sticking up for Paul George because he stuck it to the Lakers twice, but you know, maybe I'm missing it. it that doesn't seem to happen. Like the, the narrative seems to have bled into up. Oh, there's the guy who hit the side of the backboard again and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. nationally, not even just locally. Because it's more than just the Lakers. It's who you got to think about who's there too. You know, I mean, it's more than just he snubbed the Lakers. It's LeBron. He's been in LeBron's, mm. you know, he's been in LeBron's crosshairs for going on a decade now. Um, and, when you when when you go up against LeBron in the narrative, you're probably going to lose. When you go up against Damian Lillard in the narrative, you're probably going to lose. And again, Paul has said some things that I think Paul George in 2021 would absolutely take back. Case in point, when he said that Dame took a bad shot to beat the those that Thunder team two years ago, well. Paul George said this year, the all-star game after teaming with him, it's like, yeah, I guess that is a good shot, you know? And Paul George has some humility about him. It's like, I can't take those shots. You see what Dame is doing. You see what Steph Curry's doing. I can't do that. It's a good shot. Even Dame was like, it's not that deep. So with certain players, with Dame, he'll say it's not that deep. But with LeBron, you saw LeBron in the all-star draft. It was like, man, I hate this dude. This is my, this is my enemy. And it's like, ah, I'm just playing. But when you say something like that, there's an element of truth in it, right? Mm -hmm. How much do you think this all could have been avoided if he had just never deemed himself playoff P? Like, that's it, it, a terrible nickname. I mean, it, it really, really is. It is. It's, it's awful. Because he, it's, it's easy to forget now. Paul George was actually an incredibly sympathetic figure 
around the league for a while because of that leg injury. I oh, mean, it was the, the, one of the worst, most horrific like, and disgusting injuries ever. And he came back from it and has been awesome. People used to root for Paul George. Like it's, it's just yeah. this weird thing. I mean, with, with all that in mind though, law, we, and, and I know there's a, a potentially difficult question for you to ask just because you've been covering the team virtually like all of us. Where do you <laughs> sense that his headspace is in right now? Cause that's really going to matter heading into these playoffs. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, I think that he's in a much better place now than certainly last year. I think he's in a much better place now than he was two years ago. And it's, as far as even his first year with the Thunder, when, again, there are a lot of people who got excited because Joe Ingles locked them up in the playoffs. I just think that the combination of his teammates, his coaches, and his own play and his own, you know, he's taken a beating and he's needed to – find a reason to come back from that particular part of it. I think he's been humbled to a certain extent. And that is, I think that's the progression. I think he's always had the skill, but being able to have the support that gets subjective. And everyone has basically been like, Hey, Paul, like you got this. We know that you got this. Keep going. That encouragement doesn't always come. You don't always need it. You don't always ask for it. I think that has been uh, that that's been a key difference. And you know what? It might not matter a month from now. We're all waiting to see how it's going to translate. But I'm just saying from my vantage point, it feels like he's in a better position to mm-hmm continue to build off of the success that he's had through most of the season and take it into the playoffs. Last thing on this, what what do you think it requires? Does he need to take the Clippers to the finals? Is beating the Lakers enough? Like what what gets people to stop talking about George in the way that he currently is talked about? I mean, shoot, if you listen to Jared Dudley, um, the he said that the Clippers could win ten championships in a row, and it wouldn't matter. Uh, people are going to have an opinion. Like Mm -hmm. Jared said, people are going to have an opinion and be entitled to their opinion. It can be wrong, um, but they're going to have their opinion. There's a lot of things Paul probably can't do. Paul could win the championship and, yeah, people will be like, he won a championship. But then some people, they will find a reason to hate. There's no patience like the patience of a hater. So, um, I mean, (laughs) I will tell you that people are going to – if, if, if you're going to try and say what Paul should be satisfied with, Paul's got a Paul's done everything except play in the NBA finals and win an NBA finals. Like, so that's probably the baseline, right? He's, he's mm-hmm. got to win with his team. Um, he, he said he wants to be here. He needs to show a commitment to be here uh, when the adversity hits and um, sh- you know, short of that, people are going to find a reason to get on him. Um, what you can't do is you can't go out in round one. You can't get out in round two. Uh, they'll, it'll be a very arduous summer if that happens. But beating the Lakers shouldn't be a, a part of it. I mean, if they have to face the Lakers in the playoffs, you got to win. But that's the case for every team. You got to beat three teams in your conference and the team that comes out the opposite conference to win a championship. Doesn't matter when you face them. Um, all that said, uh, let's talk next about the Lakers versus the Clippers in the playoffs because that is something that I think that's everybody that is something that everybody wants to see. Um, I don't need to see that shit, to be honest. Except for except for law, <laughs> everybody but law wants to see that um, because and, and we'll we'll do it with sort of the assumption that everybody that, that both teams are going to be whole when it when it finally happens. Uh, 
because uh, we have a bunch of questions about that, including something that Howard Beck said in our interview last week with Howard that I thought was kind of fascinating. We'll ask the same question uh, to you, and we'll do that next. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models out there, it's it's impossible really to stock all the parts that you need at a traditional chain storefront. It can't be done. And then, you know, as a customer, why do you want to sit there and you you endure these pointless or sometimes intimidating questions if you're somebody who doesn't really know much about cars, like say me? You don't want to go into the store and deal with that and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer. Or you don't know if you're getting the right one or the best one or the best price or whatever it is. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they are reliably low, 20, 30, even 50% lower than chain stores or a new car dealership. And they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps and motor oil and even new carpet. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write in Locked On in their uh, How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, RockAuto.com. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all of the action at Bet Online. This week, a ton of sports action to get to. Plus, over the weekend, get all the latest news, odds, info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA. Before the next pitch, Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so let's assume that the Lakers and the Clippers – I, I, you know, whether it's the first round, which is possible, whether it's the, I guess, second round, there's, I, there's too much going on in the conference right now. I can't figure it out. But let's, at some point, Lakers versus Clippers in the Western Conference playoffs this year with everyone whole. Um, what, what do you think that looks like from a matchup perspective? Andy mentioned, you know, the difficulty potentially with guarding AD. Um, but they do match up relatively well with LeBron with all the, the bodies that they can throw at him. Um, all those big wings you mentioned law specifically, wings, specifically, that is a, I think a major asset the Clippers have against the Lakers. I've always thought that it sounds like a, a fast food chain restaurant, big wings. Like we should because all it was. get together and open. I was going to say it, was? it literally was yeah, yeah. downtown no. LA. They had big wings. There's been a big wings. Oh, that's right. Big wangs. As big well. wangs is what I was no, thinking. No, I think there's been both actually. I think there's been a big wings and a big wangs, but we will, we will look that up. Well, I am uh, clearly onto something. <laughs> well done, Absolutely. Brian. Um, I'm going to invent the internet next. So matchup wise, what do you, what do you think that looks I like? I just looked it up. There is both, by the way. <laughs> a big wings yeah. and a big wangs. Continue with the much. question. <laughs> Brian's like, you Dang. know what would be really amazing? You you should start a wing place, but like it's the stop for wings, like a wing right. stop. <laughs> they should invent that. That would. How be about like way. a place? How about a place like that's wild, like wild wings, but name it after the the the, the original Buffalo. It's just an idea. Um, anyway, back to it. <laughs> the matchups. What does this What does this series look like? Oh man, what a rabbit hole. Anyway, uh, this matchup would be here's here's the thing. 
The playoffs are tricky because you have so many different factors that go into it. And then you have a playoff series that we've never seen before. Um, one that would take place in one arena. Like the bubble was a instance where home court advantage was vaporized. And then you've got this one, you know. Um, so it's going to be different than a regular season. And the officiating is going to be a, a factor. I don't say that because I have any level of bias. I say it as a fact. A typical Lakers game features the Lakers winning the free throw differentials uh, by a significant margin when everyone's right. Um, not only do Anthony Davis and LeBron James get to the line at a high rate, but those dudes are never in foul trouble. They do an outstanding job of defending without fouling. That's a key part of the Lakers defense. Um, and so that would affect the Clippers, a team that sometimes defends well without fouling, but more often don't get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to getting to the free throw line. Like that's been a big issue with Paul George in particular. Um, he's done a great job lately, but in general, Paul doesn't really get calls like that. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's the only player on the team who gets to the free throw line at a high rate. Uh, so that's going to be something to watch. Uh, that's a big difference between this year's Clippers team and last year's Clippers team that had Lou Williams and Mondra Terrell, two guys who were outstanding into the free throw line against second units. The Clippers don't have anywhere close to that kind of presence uh, this year coming off their bench. The other factor is is turnovers. The Lakers are one of the best teams in the league at forcing turnovers. The Clippers are actually pretty good at taking care of the ball. But I'm talking about the other side because mm -hmm. everyone likes to talk about how bad or how substandard the Lakers shooting is. I actually think that the Lakers, I mean, they're not a good shooting team, but that's not the worst thing that they do. The worst thing that the Lakers do as a team on both on either end of the ball is they are terrible at taking care of the basketball. They're yep. a bottom five assists to turnover mm -hmm. team. When LeBron plays, that doesn't necessarily improve. Like you saw LeBron try and come back and what was the big issue? He gave the ball away. I think he had like 10 turnovers in his two games. Like that's crazy. The Clippers though are terrible at taking the ball away they have when the Clippers are at their worst defensively they're not physical enough they don't take the ball away enough so that's going to be the those are going to be the push pull factors in a particular playoff series between the Lakers and the Clippers how well do the Clippers take the ball away and can the Clippers defend without fouling as well as the Lakers will and it would lead to some close games and there's probably some belief that the Lakers would be better suited to win closer games because of the personnel that they have. But the Clippers have won close games against the Lakers. The Lakers, the Clippers are more likely to blow the Lakers out. And that will come mm. down to their shooting. So it would be an interesting basketball series. Again, I, I don't need to see it for the narrative standpoint, but as far as the basketball is concerned, uh, the, the Clippers, if they're playing the kind of game the Clippers are capable of, they would, they would be fine against the Lakers. I'm just not sure that holds up in the playoff series because we know weird things happen in playoff series with, with the Clips. The, obviously, Lakers-Clippers is going to be a big deal simply because it's Lakers-Clippers, and it's something that basketball fans, L.A. fans, have wanted to see for a long time, and we've been promised it for a long time, only to have it taken away. That being said, like last year, the Clippers went out of their way to announce we are going after the Lakers. Like we are here to take their corner. You, you know, you had the street, street lights, lights not, over spotlights, not, over spotlights, the earn, not get all the, all that crap that really blew up in the Clippers faces this year. It's not that. And the, and the Clippers have been a more low profile team. How much do you think if at all that actually benefits the Clippers in a potential matchup uh, in the playoffs this season? 
it, it it benefits them because all that focus had nothing to do with the players playing and the coaches coaching. That's mm -hmm. all. That's a marketing thing. I mean, you guys are natives. I'm not. Uh, I, all I have is 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 history and the internet that Brian created, and like I just right know what I it was like. Yeah, like I mean, you know, I seen I seen in the '80s when the Clippers moved from San Diego and it was a similar thing with the billboards and everything. And the Lakers had to respond to it. You know, the whole, like, you know, we're it wasn't an a difficult response <laughs> during the yeah, time yeah. here. <laughs> like the Lakers organization is like, you know, they can look at what the Lakers were doing in the eighties while the Clippers were in the midst of a 15 year postseason drought, which is about to be uh tied by the Kings for longest in the NBA's playoff history. But, uh, Things are different this year because the focus is on the players like the players don't they didn't even say that much last year from my vantage point. And the few things they did say, the Lakers were the ones to blow it up because they were the ones coming off the humiliating season prior. You know, the season before when LeBron first got here, they were the one they were the team that missed the playoffs. They were the team that underachieved. The Clippers were the team that were. You know, we're just going to put our heads down and 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 work and get these wins and see what happens. And they were the team. They didn't even want to make the playoffs, but they were the eighth seed. And mm -hmm. the Lakers missed the playoffs and had a lot of fallout from that. You know, they changed their head coach. They changed their roster. Um, so you saw what the how the Lakers responded to that. They were like, no drama. We're going to internalize everything and we're going to take that straight to the top. And and they did, and it worked out for them in the end. The Clippers aren't as good of a regular season team as last year's Lakers team, but the but the principles behind the motivation remain the same. Uh, it's about it's about responding to what happened, internalizing it, and coming out better for it. The difference between the Clippers and the Lakers is the Clippers aren't really talking about other teams while they go about this; they're just focusing on themselves. I don't think you could say that about last year's Lakers. Yeah, you know, it's. Then, then the the context, you know, last year with the bubble is so different, and this year, the one thing though that that I'm 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 wondering what you think too is, I don't know exactly what the building's going to look like, um, you know, when that finally happens, probably makes a difference if it's first round versus second versus third, but it it almost surely won't be a full building. Right. Do you think that matters that the neither team would have like sort of the true experience of their home floor um, for better or for worse? Do you think that dynamic is important at all? I don't think it would be for the Clippers. Uh, they haven't talked about home court advantage as much. I mean, they have said that they miss it and 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 want to have fans back and they were happy to have fans back. But literally every team in the league has said that. The Lakers, mm -hmm. again, they've been the team that's been like, man, we're struggling at home because, you know, Staples Center for a Lakers game is different than any game in the league except for the Knicks and MSG. Like, I yeah. mean, I don't – the Clippers haven't given – they haven't cared about any of that. You know, the Clippers have just – the Clippers are your standard, your constant team, and the Lakers have been the team of, well, if this was the Lakers, that, that's that situation. So in a home court event situation, it would be nice to not have to deal with, you know, not having it, basically having a neutral court. But because it's not like you're packing the building out and it's going to be, oh, it's going to be a bunch of Lakers fans, it's just going to be different. You can't make that much of an impact with 10% capacity, right? The last thing I wanted to ask you was we had Howard Beck, great, the great Howard Beck from Sports Illustrated, uh, on last week. And 
I asked him whether or not the Lakers would be better off getting the Clippers early or late. Um, and I think to some degree, the, the, uh, the answer I, you know, we, we look at it so much as from like the Lakers centric perspective, like, Oh my God, they're not whole. They need to, they need continuity. Like, you know, the Clipper, but, and the Clippers are over there doing Clipper. Like they've been, but the Clippers have had their own problems. Do you, th- which right. do you think is, is, is better? Like if you're a Lakers fan, um, would you be better off seeing the Clippers in the first round or in the conference finals? Do you think, which is, which is, a better place to get them if you want to actually beat the Clippers. Yeah. Well, look, I would say if you're seeing the Clippers in the conference finals, then that means the Clippers are doing something special. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not even talking about the franchise history and narrative. It means that they are, they, they've taken out and ended two other team seasons. And that is something that on the baseline, they didn't do last year. It means that whatever Ty is doing, He's 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 got his stuff together and that team is ready to go. Uh, the Clippers would probably have more questions early because they are in a process of figuring things mm-hmm. out, getting a rhythm, uh, trying to be the team that they were in early January in most of April before this losing streak that they just broke. So if you're the Lakers, you probably want to face them now. You want to face them now while they're figuring things out. Uh, if you're the Clippers, again, with the Lakers, it's like it doesn't really matter. You know, if they see them early, if they see them late, they just they 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 have bigger things. The Clippers are worried about the Clippers. I can understand if the Lakers will probably want to. They, yeah, they'd love to see them now. Probably that is what Howard said. By the way, that the Lakers would be better off getting the Clippers early. And, uh, you know, and you know, Howard's my still getting it together. How you know Howard's my favorite game of zones character, right? That was that must have been such a thrill for Howard to, to end up in that thing. Like I have never been more. Ju- I, by the way, I don't even watch Game of Thrones. Like I watched. One I don't episode. either. That's the crazy thing. I watched I everything one I know about that from Game of Zones. Yeah, I, I did one episode. And I was like, this is so not for me, and I tapped out. I'm not even sure I got through the whole episode. But I have never been more jealous of like. Howard and Zach Lowe and all these guys, I think Ramona, I think all of them ended up, Rachel Nichols, like ended up in Game of Zones. Like I I feel like that sort of established the hierarchy of like who matters in in our world and who doesn't. And and decidedly, Brian and I don't. We do not. Like I would, I, I don't know how many media people they would have gone through before they got to us. But it would have been like season twenty-eight. <laughs> like they would have needed a lot of time, I think. Uh, but yeah, it, it does. Um, well, Law, you were you are somebody that if they if they did that again today, I, I think would be prominently featured. Um, do, doing great work at the, at the athletic. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but doing great work at the athletic. Uh, go subscribe there and and check out all the work that Law is doing. Thank you so much for coming on, man. It was great to catch up, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to do it again. Hey, thank you so much. It's always good to see you and hear you guys. Okay, that was Law Murray. Uh, man, he's great. Like not making this up. I mean, you could hear it on the thing, but his his writing is fantastic as well. So really, it's it's worth if you're not a subscriber to the athletic, it's worth subscribing just for his coverage. It's it's that good. Um, so I also thought it was interesting, Andy, that he answered that question the same way that Howard did better to get the Clippers early rather than late. I mean, if you can get any type of chaos, uh, when you're going through chaos of your own, seems like a good strategy. 
Uh, so a plenty of stuff to look at with the Lakers. Obviously, huge game Thursday. Another huge game for them on Friday against the Blazers. So uh, tons to look forward to with the Lakers, tons to talk about. And we will do that when we see you all next time.